Hello? Hey, how's it going? You're with Mallory on the Imperfect Woman podcast. So today I want to talk about five things that are keeping me up at night. Like these things. Oh, these things. I made a list of them and I feel like I just have to get it off of my chest and share it with someone. So I figured I'd share it with you. And if you're anything like me, you're just going to be sitting there running, whatever, walking, <laughs> exercising, laying in your bed, wherever you listen to this. And you're just going to be nodding your head. And I feel like it's going to be this like deep heart-centered spiritual connection that we have after I tell you my list of five things. Because if there's one thing I've learned on this journey, it's that we're never alone. So if these things, any one of these five things or even other things are keeping you up at night, I need you to know that you are not the only woman that is losing sleep over things that she can control, things that she can't control, and the things in between. We are never alone in this. You are not alone. I am not alone. So my hope is that this helps you today. All right, so five things that keep me up at night. Number one, anxiety that I won't achieve my fullest potential. Anyone else? Yeah. <laughs> this is a scary one. Um, I'm a driven person by nature. And if, if you want to torture a driven person... Like, if you really want a torture-driven person, you put something in their way that totally prevents them from achieving their fullest potential. Like, something, oh my gosh, the most evil thing would be something that they absolutely can have zero control over because people like us, oh, we like control. We like to control the way situations turn out. And when there's something that we can't control... Ooh, it's not good because at the end of the day, it's going to prevent us from achieving our fullest potential. So this is quite often the reason why I'm up at night. And for me, I find that the issue isn't really falling asleep, but for me, it is staying asleep. Like how it shows up for me is I'll just like, like my eyes will just pop open. And this is the worst for a long time. Like it got to the point where it was like 3.45 a.m., 4 a.m., where I would just roll over or something. I would turn, I guess I would hit a different stage of sleep and my eyes would just be like, like eyes open, like fast, both eyes. Not like the sweepy, sleepy wake up, like, let me grab my phone. No, no, no. This is like eyes wide open and I need to go do something like workout. I need somewhere to put this energy. So that was happening to me a lot a couple of months ago. I've gotten I've gotten better now. I think I've I've controlled it uh-huh, a little bit, right? Jokes on me. I think I've controlled it a little bit, but I I don't know. I still wake up 
at like 6.30 every single day without an alarm. And maybe that's just my circadian rhythm and what I'm used to. Um, But I would probably let myself sleep until 7.15 and then get up and get the kids ready for school and all the things. But for some reason, I just wake up. It might also be that I have to pee because I do have three kids and making it until 6.30 is quite an accomplishment if I do say so myself. So that's number one, anxiety that I won't achieve my fullest potential. Like I'll, I'll have a misstep or I'll do something that causes me to never be able to become the best version of myself, whatever that looks like. Oh, that's a scary one. Okay, number two. You ready for it? Anxiety about not doing everything I air quotes, should, close air quotes, be doing to make more money. This is like a total entrepreneur one. But I will say this one got me too when I was in corporate. I had a lot of anxiety around when I was in corporate. Let's break this into two parts. I had a lot of anxiety around just like the inner knowing that I was capable of so much more like a bigger career, bigger impact, money, way more money. And it it bothered me to no end to know that I couldn't truly control what's happening. Like I could get a new job, I could go to a different company, but I couldn't control when they were promoting me or what they were going to pay me. Yes, I could make counter offers and all the things, but at the end of the day, I didn't have ultimate control of over that. It wasn't like I could just choose to work more hours and make more money. When you're salaried, that is not the case. So for me, I felt like I had so much more to give, but I knew I shouldn't give it because I would not be getting a return that would energetically feel good to me. It would just feel like my company was taking advantage of me because I knew that wouldn't directly correlate to a raise or a promotion or some type of better standing. So that's what it looked like when I was in corporate and what it looked like, what it still looks like, correction there, when I became an entrepreneur is let's be real, there's always something we should be doing 24-7. That is entrepreneurship. The problems never stop. The needs never stop. It's just, it's a journey. Let's put it that way. And it's a journey that we all know we are on, all of us. It's kind of like It's like a deal. It's like an agreement with the universe that if you're going to become an entrepreneur, this is the thing you're going to worry about 24-7. And part of that, we can turn it off and I'll talk a little bit about that later, but like part of that is I should be doing more to make more money, like more marketing, more offers, more products, more promotion, more social media, right? All, all of those things we do that drive that drive revenue, that drive audience growth, all the things. Um, yeah. For me, when I'm waking up and thinking about this, which happens quite often, Like for me, what it looks like is I'll get these random ideas, like my eyes. So I'll be sleeping and I'll get like a good six hours in. And then all of a sudden my eyes just go 
they open up. My eyes open up, both of them at the same time. And they're immediately attached attached to this idea that I need to be doing something. It will disguise itself as a download. Oh, yes, it will. All of my fellow spiritual entrepreneur ladies out there. (sighs) It'll feel like a download, but it's kind of like a Trojan horse download. (laughs) And what I mean by that is it is, it's a download, but it like, it comes with a little something, something more. So like, it might be like, oh, I need to go create this post on Instagram or this TikTok or this thing for Facebook or a YouTube video, or, ooh, I have a podcast idea. Like, it'll, it, it'll be like, it'll feel, it'll come in, it'll come in, and it'll feel good. Like, oh, oh, thank you, yay, I got to download it, 3.45 a.m., so blessed. And then, and then, and then the horse opens up, and out comes, <laughs> out comes the little anxiety monster. And it's like, Great, I got this idea, I got this download, but now I feel bad because I'm not doing the thing that this download said I need to be doing. Or like maybe I can't possibly fit it in with everything else that I'm doing. I'm at capacity, I'm at my boundary. And then I start to feel bad, like, oh, hey, I got this download and I have to implement it. I have to do it. But then on the other hand, like, I just can't. Or maybe the download is like total left field and it will throw me off from focus on what I'm doing. And I am ADHD. I've got a clinical diagnosis for it. And it's something I've struggled with since probably college, I'd say, a lot. I've really struggled with it since college, um, undergrad. And if I allow myself to follow all of these downloads and all of these rabbit holes, I get nothing done. And then I feel even worse about myself. And then the anxiety about not living up to my fullest potential kicks in. So now I've got two anxieties on top of each other, stacked, anxiety squared. It's horrible. So, yeah, anxiety be anxiety about not doing everything I should be doing to make more money. Like for me, I, I try to find peace in knowing that I do what feels most aligned to me in my business and what works for our goals and the things that we're trying to achieve in the Imperfect Woman brand and for me myself as Mallory Tadimi. I try to keep the vision in mind, the big picture vision, and I just ask myself, is this going to to be the next step that I need to do to get to where I want to go to achieve the goals and do the things and also keep into account intuition. Um, Intuition is so important. I definitely run an intuitive-led business where I follow where my intuition pulls me because I've learned to just trust myself so much. I know that As long as I trust myself, I can never be wrong and there can never be a mistake. It is just literally impossible to do something wrong if I have full and complete trust in myself. It's all as it needs to be and it should be. Kind of like the thought of divine timing. We have to take action to make things happen in our lives, of course. We can't just 
lay in bed and manifest and have riches appear upon us, for example. Like it doesn't work that way. We still all have to take action, but we take aligned action, inspired action, where we're feeling the pull or we're feeling that tug. And I've learned on the with these overnight downloads or like the downloads that kind of wake me up, at least for me, it kind of shows up in the early morning. It's like, write it down, take note of it. And when I'm in a better state, I I give myself permission to determine if this is something I pursue right now or not. Because I have a deep understanding of entrepreneurship and that if if you let it control your life, it will. The relationship with entrepreneurship is energetically very interesting. And we, as the human in the relationship, get to stay in our power around it. And I can talk more about this in another episode. But it's really about keeping that upper hand in entrepreneurship with your business. Like It's about staying in control of your energy and you being the one in power. So the process that I kind of walk myself through when this one appears is just give it permission, first of all, to just like, to just be. I might write it in like my, um, the note app on my phone, that yellow note app on the iPhone. Like if I get those downloads, I'll just put it down there. And then I give myself permission to just drop it from my brain. Hopefully I can fall back asleep. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. Usually I can't. Um, But I'll give myself permission to drop it and then fully consider it when I'm thinking about that stuff in normal working hours. Oh, man, that's exhausting even talking about that. Okay, when I do number three. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so five things that keep me up at night, number three. Worry that I will cause unintentional harm on my children and that will create a challenge for them to achieve their fullest potential. That is exactly how I wrote that down. Worry that I will cause unintentional harm on my children that will create a challenge for them to achieve their fullest potential. So basically, I'm going to mess up as a mom (laughs) in some way that I didn't mean to. And that mess up is going to be so drastic that it then causes my children to have my worst nightmare inflicted upon them even though that might not be their worst nightmare. It, it's crazy. I know. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. <sighs> it's because that is one of my biggest anxieties, right? And, and now I'm just basically giving it to my children. <laughs> but I don't tell them, thank God, so they don't know. They don't know I have anxiety around this. I just don't want to mess it up, you know. I've never been a mom before until now, and I'm a mom, right? Um, It's kind of like, yes, I have three kids, but I've never been 
a mom to a 12-year-old yet because my daughter's 11. I've never been a mom to an 8-year-old boy because my son is 7. And even with the third, she's a girl and she's two. So I could say I've never been a mom to a three-year-old girl, but I have. But at the same time, I've never been a mom to this three-year-old girl and her unique personality and her unique needs. And on top of that, a three-year-old girl with two other older siblings. I haven't done that before either. So every day, it's like I'm trying to just keep my head above the water and just kind of like figure out, figure things out as I go, because what other option do I have? And deep inside of me, it's just, it's the same anxiety I have for myself. And then I start to have it around them. What if I do something that is going to, I don't know, harm their self-confidence? Or what if I'm not doing enough here? What if I should have put them in this sport, but then they're in this sport? Or what if I should be studying with them more here instead of there? Anything, anything, anything in life that could be like, I could do this instead of this. I, around the kids, I have anxiety that I'm not doing the right thing. So that's like, this is like an undertone anxiety. That's why I call it like a worry. I want to describe it as a worry. It's like this undercurrent. Like it's just there. It's always there. And I really hope I'm not going to mess up their lives because I love them and they're my kids and I wouldn't want to mess up their their life. But I, I just try my best and I have to trust within myself that I will always do my best. And that's the trust that I get to have in myself. And that's why I think I'm not describing this as an anxiety. I'm describing this as a worry because I do know that I will always do my best no matter what to be their mom, like to be their best mom for for them and their unique little souls and personalities. I will always, always, always do my best. And I mean that. I have integrity with my ward. This is my ward. So I will always do my best for them. So I have that internal trust. So it's not like, for me, this one isn't like the like eyes open at 3.45 a.m. must do something now one. This is like this undercurrent of worry that is just always there. And I'm pretty sure... I'm going to have this until the day I die and maybe even afterward, however that works. So yeah, I accept it. This is a journey. This is an eternal journey and I accept that. So that's my number three of five things that keep me up at night. Now, number four, let me read this one to you. Worry that how I choose to live my life will not Please, my parents. Ooh. Yeah. How old are you, Mallory? Oh, I'm 36. Are you an adult, Mallory? Yeah. So, Mallory. So, Mallory. Mallory. Look at me. Pay attention. Focus connect with me. 
Why are you still worried about pleasing your parents? Oh my god. Because I am. I can't. I can't kick it. Can't kick it. This is the internal dialogue I have with myself quite often. I think it's because I am a people pleaser. And I'm working on that. I'm a work in progress. But at the end of the day, I love when people are happy. It just makes me happy. But my happiness can't be dependent on other people being happy, which is the big lesson in people pleasing. (sighs) And I think there, there is some truth behind this. Like this one... I can't just be like, oh, no, that's silly, because I do think there's truth. Because I think it's human nature for a parent to worry about their child and to judge situations or judge your child's decision. Not like to their face and to make it like a judgy type of moment, but in the background, I imagine when my parents aren't in front of me, they're talking about me and decisions I make and what I'm doing with my life. And I probably am going to do the same thing to my children. Just have these conversations or with my husband or in my head or I don't know. But I can't imagine being a parent and not doing that. So this is an assumption that it is happening. And I worry about how my decisions make them feel and what they think of my decisions, even though it has absolutely no merit on what I do with my life. But at the same time, it does. Isn't that crazy? Like a little undertone or undercurrent like this. This is a worry, so I'm going to call it like an undercurrent. An undercurrent like this can if you don't have control of it, cause you to do things like go to college, pick a particular major, maybe go to a particular school, get a particular job, um, get married, not get married, depends on what their beliefs are, have children, not have children, um, pick a partner based on what they would approve of, you know, even even though it's not them standing there telling you what to do or laying out the rules, it's very like um, energetic. If I could describe it, it's it's an energetic slash mental kind of thing, and it impacts the decisions that we make heavily, very very heavily. And it's not a fault of my parents. It's not a fault of your parents. I I think it's just being a parent. And you want what's best for your child. But like the caveat is everyone has a different opinion of what's best for their child based on their current beliefs and how they live their lives. So really, I think to fix it as parents, we would have to want what's best for our our child according to our child, right? And I think that sometimes... It's hard to see it through that very specific lens. Like we want the best for our child, but we want the best for our child according to our beliefs and what we think they should be doing or not be doing based upon how we live our lives, right? And I think it's 
it's just kind of like an assumption I have that my parents think that way. I don't think they have that little extra lens on whatever's the best for her and how she sees it's the best for her. Like, I I think they want that, but at the same time, I think it's just like default to judge based on what they considered the best to be. Ooh, that's one to unpack right there. Welcome to Real, Raw, and Vulnerability right here on Imperfect Woman with Mallory Tadimi. Okay, more on that later. Way more on that later. Oh, all right. So how about number five? (laughs) Five things that keep me up at night. Number five. Anxiety over disappointing myself when I go all in and do my very best. I called this one an anxiety and not a worry because I feel like it's a little bit stronger than than a worry. Anxiety, it's, it, it's, it's like a wave, if I had to describe it, if we're using some ocean examples over here. Anxiety, this anxiety is not is not the undercurrent. This anxiety is a wave that crashes every so often. Oh, and sometimes it, it's a tsunami. Oh, let's put that one in there too. Sometimes it's a tsunami and it's not good. It's really not good. So anxiety over disappointing myself when I go all in and do my very best. So like for me, it, okay, so let's explain it this way. This is kind of like a level deeper than fear of failure. We hear that a lot, don't we? Fear of failure. I have fear of failure. I don't want to fail. I don't want to mess up. I, I want to make sure I do this the right way. Well, we talk about this a lot in entrepreneurship, but this is really like with anything. Fear of failure. But are we really afraid to fail or is it that we are afraid to feel disappointed? to deeply feel disappointed in ourselves. I think it's the latter. I think it is. I think it's fear of disappointment. And for me, I can tell you, I do things pretty much every single day where I fail at something. Like, I push myself. It could be something little. It could be something big. But I I do enjoy it. Like I enjoy pushing myself, trying new things. Um what with whatever. Like it could be learning a new language, it could be in business, it could be in my marketing, it could be creating an, a new type of content, it could be in a vulnerable share, it could be in a conversation I have uh that day. I do push myself and I do fail quite often because I'm consistently pushing myself. But the failure doesn't really bother me. It really doesn't because it's just part of pushing yourself. Like if you do something, sometimes it's going to work out in your favor and sometimes it's not, you know, it's just the odds of life. It's just a universal law. You can't have everything work out for you exactly how you want it to 100% of time. If that's the case, then you're not trying often enough and you're not pushing yourself enough. You know, you're probably staying within your safe little boundaries. And while that's nice and safe and warm and probably feels like your vintage sweater from 1993 with a picture of a moose or like embroidered 
or an embroidered moose from Montana, you know, like that kind of sweatshirt, like it probably feels like safe and cozy if you're just all in your little safety zone. But I don't know. I kind of enjoy stepping out of the safety zone. Like I love wearing my sweatshirt, my vintage sweatshirt. Yeah. I love wearing my sweatshirt, but at the same time, it's really fun to just not wear a shirt sometimes. <laughs> oh, take that for what that was. It's okay. It's okay. You can laugh with me. I'm not a nudist, I promise. Um, okay, so back to anxiety over disappointing myself when I go all in and do my best. Okay, so here's the deal. I, I'm not really afraid of disappointing myself if I don't give myself permission to go all in. Because I know, eh, you know, I could have done more, like whatever. Not going to take it personally. Not going to be too disappointed. Kind of expected it to fail, whatever. I'd be surprised if it did great. If I take an action that's like that, that's that's not what I'm talking about. And I try not to do that stuff anyways because I don't want to be that kind of person. Like if I do something, I want to do it well because otherwise what's the point? Why give my time, which is so limited on this earth, and my energy to something that I'm not going to do to the best of my capability at all times? I, I just, I don't do that. So for me, when I do decide to do something, I really do tend to go all in and give it my all, like give it my honest shot. But I have gotten to that point because I trust myself enough to know that I will actually give it my all. Like even if I go after something and it's not working and I'm not seeing a result I want or I'm not hitting the goal I want or something just isn't working my way, and this could be about anything. It could be about a relationship with another human. It could be business. It could be health, whatever. If I go all in, technically, the stakes are higher, right? Because I'm going to be so much more disappointed if I go all in and it doesn't work for me. So something I used to do before I gain self-trust, which is essential for a woman's growth, like something I used to do is I was a total toe dipper. So just imagine you're here at my house in Miami and we've got this big pool, these lush green palms everywhere, this like orange, light orangey colored stone around the pool that never gets hot. And that's really nice because it's so hot here. And you're by the steps and there's three steps and you just, you just walk by because you want to see what the pool temperature is. And I do this a lot so I can pretty easily describe it to you. (laughs) You want to know what the pool temperature is. So, you know, you don't go look at the thermometer or the app or whatever. No, you decide to stick your toe in (laughs) and, you know, sticking your toe in is fine if you're not like committed to it and you don't actually want it. So like if I'm walking by my pool and like, let's just say I took out the trash and I'm going back inside and I'm like, "Hmm, I wonder what the pool temperature is. And I stick my toe in the pool. Like 
whatever, no harm, no foul. I wasn't planning on swimming anyways. There's nobody else outside. I could swim, I guess, if I wanted to, because I am free. I'm a free woman. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, but it, it's not like every second I want to quit swimming, right? So I'll just go back inside. No big deal. Dip my toe in, said, ooh, it kind of feels nice, but I go back inside. Now, if I'm outside with the kids and everyone's swimming, everyone's having a good time, and I am the toe dipper then, like I just dip my toe into the pool, and I'm like, no, 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 I can't go in. No, 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 no. I'm just trying it out, testing the waters. I'm really losing out. Like I'm really losing out. Now, I might have been losing out before because I could have had like an off awesome spa moment with myself in the pool, which I do love, by the way. Um, but I'm losing out way more if my whole family's in the pool and I'm the one that's just dipping my toe in there, right? Because I want that. I want that amazing experience with my family and those memories and all the things. So if I'm toe dipping and I've got a lot to lose. That's not me going all in and just doing it. Like me going all in and just doing it would be, I don't care how cold the water is because if it's cold, I'll just solve the problem by, I don't know, treading water for a little bit in the deep end and warming my muscles up. And if it's like way too cold and that doesn't even work, I can always just get out and go lay on the lounger and warm back up again, but still be with everyone and have a good time. And, you know, so that's kind of like the choice. Do I go all in no matter what, no matter what problems arise, I just commit to figuring it out. Like I just trust myself. My word is law. I will figure it out no matter what, no matter what I have to go through, no matter how long it takes, whatever, even if I have to get out and warm back up and then go back in with them, I'm going to do it because I want that experience. I want that experience in my life. I have learned to think like that. And that thinking, that pattern of thinking has honestly changed my life. If everyone's in the pool and I want that experience, I want those memories, I'm just going to go in the pool. And if it feels cold, then I'm just going to solve the problem by treading water or getting out for a second and sitting on this and sitting on the step or going back in. Doesn't matter. Like I'll I'll just figure it out. Whatever problem comes, I'll just figure it out. I'll just figure it out. That's it. And then you move on to the next thing. That is how I think now. So I handle this anxiety by just knowing that I trust myself and I'm gonna figure it out. That's it. So that very easily calms this anxiety for me because I know I won't disappoint myself. I just know it because I trust myself. So therefore, there is no thing in disappointment. Like it cannot exist. How can disappointment exist if I do my very best and I continue to work on figuring out whatever problem it is for my lifetime. Tell me, is it possible for disappointment to exist if, if you are 100% all in committed to 
figuring it out no matter what, no matter how long it takes, no time frame, no constraints. How can I be disappointed if I'm on the journey of figuring it out? Where is the disappointment? Disappointment has a tone of finality to it. How is that final? How is making a mistake final? Well, it's only final if you're stopping right there. It's only failure if you're stopping right there. It's only failure if you're quitting or if you're giving up. That's the only time we truly experience failure. All the other times, it's just iteration and it's just problem solving. It's not a big deal. We just solve problems one by one. It's not overwhelming. It's not intimidating. It's kind of fun. Solving problems is fun. That's why humans like puzzles. It is. That is why humans like puzzles. And if you look at life like a puzzle, then it's going to be very fun to solve the problems that you experience. It's just a puzzle. Maybe that's why I'm so good at entrepreneurship. Like I just I just look at it as a puzzle and I think problems are fun to solve. You know, like a video gamer or something. I'm not a gamer. Let me just put that out there. I'm not a gamer. Well, wait. Unless <laughs> unless we can count Super Nintendo as something that gamers do. I don't do it now, but I will I will admit I had a period when I was like, hmm, how old was I? Maybe like first grade or second grade or something like that, where all I wanted to do, not all, but like half of what I wanted to do was play Super Mario. And I can tell you that I have beat Bowser so many times. Like I have rescued that princess. I have beat that animal thing. (laughs) Is he a porcupine or like, what the heck is Bowser, by the way? I don't even know. But I have beat Bowser so many times on that last level. And you just, Bowser is going to attack you like crazy. But you have to just be there to win it. No matter what he does, you have to be committed. You got to be committed to solving the problem. And he's going to throw 50 different problems at you. But you just know it. You don't you don't meet up with Bowser and expect it to be this like la di da di da experience. No. He's gonna throw stuff at you. What does he throw? Like shells or fire? I don't even know. I don't remember. But dude, like dude is rough. The dude is very rough. And you just know it. So you go into it knowing it. And you just keep going no matter what. He throws this thing, then you do that. He throws that thing, then you do this. Like you you keep an eye on it and it's just problem solving. And it's these little things like this that I learned from experiences like video games that I can take into my world today as an adult. So I, I don't like anxiety over disappointing myself, like it is, it's just there. (laughs) Like it comes in waves. But at the end of the day, I can calm down this particular anxiety. I think that's probably why I listed it as number five. I can calm down this anxiety. I don't want to say easily, but I feel like I have good control over it because I just trust myself and I just solve problems 
And I allow myself to go all in. And I allow myself to go all in because I'm not afraid of disappointing myself. Like, at a very deep level, because at a surface level, I want to say I am. And that's why I'm listing this as an anxiety. I'm like terrified, terrified of disappointing myself. But at the same time, I can almost like tell it's one of those irrational fears because like I can, I can just give myself a hug right now. Whatever, I'm going to do it. Give myself a hug right now and just like pat myself on the back say you've got this. But when I do that, I actually mean it. Like I know that I've got this. So therefore, it's safe for me to go all in on no matter what I want to do, any any subject. It could be a relationship. It could be business. It, it, it could be health. It could be something I'm learning. Anything. It's safe to go all in because I know that I trust myself and I'm going to do my very best and I'm just going to problem solve my entire way through. And that's that's very, how do I, I don't know, it feels like very peaceful to me, if that could be the word. Like it, like it brings over like a sense of calming or security, almost like my spirit guides are wrapping themselves around me. But like in this case, it's me, you know, it's me taking control of that anxiety and saying like, no, Mallory, you've got this. You're fine. You're going to figure it out no matter what. But until I learn how to do that, this anxiety over disappointing myself controlled my life. Like it, it literally controlled everything that I did. So I'll give you an example because I think this is important to talk about. When I was like age 23 to like 26, where I was really like feeling into maybe I could start a business. Maybe I could be an entrepreneur. Maybe I want to do something like this. 36 now. I didn't do anything. (laughs) Like I literally did nothing. Uh, because I was so worried that like I would get like set on this idea and I would really want it and then I would kind of go for it, but then like it wouldn't happen (laughs) and I would be so sad that I tried to start a business and it failed. So those thoughts prevented me from just going for it when I should have back then. But I trust in divine timing. So maybe if I would have done it back then, I wouldn't be the person who I am now and I wouldn't have been able to create what I've created now and I wouldn't be leading a global movement of imperfect woman, a global brand, all the things. Like, maybe it would have happened differently and it had to happen this way. But I can tell you, I, even to this day, still deal with a lot of jealousy around, or maybe I'm just triggered by the thought. I don't know. I'll have to dig into that more. But it's like, I'm so jealous of 
women that have started their businesses before they had kids, before they were married, all that stuff, even hell, before they went to college, honestly, I like, I have these thoughts in my head sometimes. Did I really need to go get an MBA? Like, do I really need a master's of business administration? Did I really need to go and get an undergrad, a a BS, bachelor's of science degree in neuroscience? Did I really also, on top of that, need to have a whole separate BA, bachelor's of arts in history of art and architecture? Crazy story I'll tell you another time. Like, did I need to do that? Did I really need to go through college and grad school and massive amounts of student loans, like massive, more than a house, in order to get to where I am today? Like, this is all just stuff, like, I think about. What if it would have happened sooner for me? What if I could have, like, just gone for it and not worried about what my parents thought and not followed the direction that they gently, slyly, I don't know, subconsciously pushed me in. What if I had my power then that I have now? And it's like when I see women that are going after it, that hadn't gone through all the life I had first, like I do feel this feeling of jealousy why couldn't I have figured out that I wanted to create something incredible as a teenager? Why couldn't I have figured out that I wanted to do something big in my early 20s? Why couldn't I have figured this out before I got married? Why couldn't I have figured this out before I had kids? Why couldn't I? Why couldn't I? Why couldn't I? I I don't know. And then I see other women doing it on social media and I'm just like, damn, you know, and then it's those thoughts of, wow, how much easier would it have been if I wasn't married, if I didn't have kids, if I didn't have massive amounts of student loan debt, if I would have just dove into it as an 18 year old. What if I did have clarity? What if I did have that right push forward? What if I was around the right people that could support me and just like give me that right push? And I see other women that have that and it's just like, ugh, you know, I start to feel bad about it. But then at the same time, I remember that there's something about my journey that I'm on where it had to be after. And I trust that it is a piece of my story that I need to share, that I created so much after, after being married, after being a mom, after the degrees. I did it after. And I trust that part of it is me sharing that story so other women can see that even if they're in their late 20s, 30s, 40s, 
50s, 60s, 70s, that they can do it too. I think my oldest student in one of my programs was like 75, no, 78 maybe I want to say, maybe 82. Was it 82? I think she might have been 82. I don't know. But that's incredible. That It's absolutely incredible because if you think about it, how much of our life is after we're already 20? Like, let's just make 20 the cutoff age. Like, and let's just say also, like, we really can't do anything around achieving our fullest potential between, I don't know, like, maybe if you're, like, a child actor or singer or something. But, like, I don't know. Let's just say, like, between 10 and 20, maybe you have slight chance between the ages of 10 and 20. But, like, how much of your life is after the age of 20? So many years. Most of your life is after the age of 20. So it's kind of like, what, if you pass the age of 20, you're too old to do any of this and your opportunity is gone? No, it's not gone. And I'm a living example of that. So it's also like trusting that things need to happen for a reason because maybe like this part of your story is tied to something greater. And I, I think it is tied to the, the concept of imperfect woman. An imperfect woman perhaps didn't get to go figure out who the best, most fully expressed version of herself would be at 20. Or maybe there is something in her way of preventing her from going on that journey. Like, you can still do it now. It starts today. Whatever is in your heart and you're feeling a pull or you're feeling a calling, it starts today. And you can trust yourself that you are not going to disappoint yourself because it's if it's in your heart, it's there for a reason. God, universe, whatever you want to call it, wouldn't have put it there otherwise. That desire would not be there for you. It is 100% capable for you to achieve or for you to experience. So we've got to stop worrying about disappointing ourselves so much. And we have to trust that we will always just figure it out. It's always figured out. And this helps me to manage this anxiety. But I will tell you, oh, this one, it it creeps up. It creeps up sometimes, this anxiety over disappointing myself when I go all in and do my very best. Because that's when it hurts the most, isn't it? When you go all in and you do your very best and it doesn't work. But it's that internal trust that it's all working out all the time in the perfect amount of time. There we go. Five things that keep me up at night. I'll recap them for you. Number one, anxiety that I won't achieve my fullest potential. Still working on this one. (laughs) Still working on this one, girls. But I'm I'm better. I'm better. I will say that. Uh, Number two. Anxiety about not doing everything I should be doing to make more money. Number three, 
worry that I will cause unintentional harm on my children that will create a challenge for them to achieve their fullest potential. Number four, worry that how I choose to live my life will not please my parents. And number five, anxiety over disappointing myself when I go all in and do my very best. So if you have similar anxieties, I hope this helps you. Or if you know someone that does, please share this episode with them because I think we all just need to know that we're not alone, even if you only have one of these. You know, it's like, I'm going to go to bed tonight and I'm still going to experience these. <laughs> like, this is a very current thing and I don't have answers for these. And I don't, I don't even expect myself to have answers for these because in reality, there are no answers for these. It's just about self-trust, moving through it, and just living life as your best, most fully expressed version of yourself. If you do that, if we do that, how can we mess up? It, In my opinion, it's literally impossible to mess up. If you make it your life's purpose to become the best, most fully expressed version of yourself, how can you mess it up? You can't. You can't mess it up. And that that makes me feel good. And I think that's why I can fall asleep at night easily because I don't have that problem. It's more like waking up at uh, really odd hours of the morning, um, especially at certain periods where this this noise in my head is louder. And that's it. Those are the five things that keep me up at night. So if you have other things that keep you up at night, maybe we could talk more about it. Um, you can comment on any post you see about this podcast or send me a DM over on Instagram or on Facebook or TikTok. You can find me on Instagram at Mallory Tadimi or at Imperfect Woman HQ, as in like headquarters, over there on Instagram at Mallory Tadimi on TikTok, uh, Mallory Tadimi on YouTube. Find me. Um, what's going on in my world right now? We have uh, the client's online experience is open for enrollment right now, which is a business coaching program where we cover everything from marketing to mindset to scaling an online business. And I love teaching that stuff. Uh, so enrollment is open for the client's online experience. If you want to learn more about that, you can go to imperfectwoman.com forward slash clients online experience. C-L-I-E-N-T-S-O-N-L-I-N-E-E-X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. So imperfectwoman.com forward slash clients online experience. Come engage with me. Talk to me on social. I love talking about ideas for the podcast, um, all those kinds of things. I love you all so much. Thank you for joining me and share this if you know of another woman that could benefit from this. All right. I love you so much. Bye.